Welcome to In China with Michelle Zhou. Manufacturers have long known China to be a leader in their industry, but now the world is recognizing China as a business center for companies, market traders, education, and artists. It's no wonder that the economy has grown to be the world's second largest. In our program, you'll learn from the thought leaders and professionals who have lived in both the U.S. and China and continue to do business there. Now, here is your host, Michelle Zhou. Welcome, everyone. It's so great having you here today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou, and I'm your host, Michelle. I'm the founder and the CEO of Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. We help American and Chinese organizations learn from each other, bridge their needs, and grow their businesses internationally. You can contact me at our company website, ptcgconsulting.com. And I always welcome you to connect me on LinkedIn. Today we have Wei Dong Chen on the show together with me. Actually, Wei Dong has been on the show a couple of months ago, and we talked about a very interesting topic last time. Why did some companies fail while others succeeded in China? And today we are going to talk another topic, which is a continue from the last conversation. It's more focused on the key steps for healthcare companies entering the China market. So welcome to the show, Weidong. Hey, Michelle, how are you?、Mm. Very good. I'm so glad、uh, you can find time and come back. Thank you. Yeah, and、uh, you are a consultant,、uh, have been helping Chinese companies enter into the U.S. as well as from the other side,、uh, helping American companies、uh, enter into China market. You've been doing this for many, many years. I think、uh, maybe it's also a good time to help our audience、uh, understand a little bit about、uh, your background here. Yeah, so I have my company Hori LLC. It's a consultant, like strategic operational consultant firm from 2007. Before I'm in the telecom TMT. Now I, in the since I do consulting, I try to broaden my experience. So I do like a consumer products, energy, aerospace, and、uh, last three years I focus a lot on the healthcare. So bring the healthcare US company, advise them strategy, bring their team to China. So there's a lot of lessons learned. So I try to use that license to help other US company bridge the US company with the the China. Healthcare companies to benefit both sides patients.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So through all these many years、uh, work in the consulting field and、uh, helping American companies、uh, successfully enter into China,、mm-hmm. I think、uh, you have accumulated.、Uh, Your own theory. Last time you kind of gave us a very structured way to look into the market, the healthcare market especially, and the tips of how companies can prepare themselves to make it a successful market entrance. The feedback from our audience and from people that who are interested in that topic was very positive, and they would like to know more about well. Okay, now I kind of have a general idea now, and then how do I do it, right? So, what are the step by step process I should take in order to really get into this market、uh, to tap the China's opportunity? So that's why I think we want to sit down again and tap into your knowledge and experience, give us some very concrete guidance on, you know, how they should do it. Uh, last time, I think we talked about a little bit about the what's the overall market, right? In the healthcare sectors in China, we break down to the four sectors. One is that、uh, you know you only have the precision, precise diagnosis. You can have the precise therapeutic 
process, right? So a lot of money is pouring in this too. Then we talk about that number three is a rehabilitation. And the number third is assistant living. So this is a really general uh, conclusion, what opportunity in there, product services. We also touch a little bit about the, what's your internal strengths, right? Factors can help you, positively help you. That determine factors if you fail or succeed in China. Mm-hmm. So we talk about you have to be adept, customized in China, your product services. You have to have the speed to do that one. Also, you need to have internal executive support and the resource and the team to do that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before you jump into the details, uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience in this uh, healthcare, in the healthcare industry, right? No matter it's from medicine or medical equipment or whatever the, the zooming <laughs> sector that we are going to talk about. So I help, uh, the reason, remember last time we talked about the four sectors, right? Four basic sectors. So I help a lot of uh, U.S. companies with rehabilitation, especially cerebral palsy team go to China, training the China doctors. So I can see how their approach difference, how the Chinese doctor integrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, last few years, I basically helped, we didn't name the name, but we helped the, the top medical robotic company go to China, try to adapt China's strategy, how to work with Chinese doctors, hospitals, and the CFDA. There's a lot of learning from there for me and for the company, so I can see what's the critical steps. I really want to share that one with a lot of U.S. firms. Even some is very famous biotech companies, they have less clarity about China mm-hmm. because it's complex. The cultural system is different, healthcare system is different. And there's a lot of changes these years, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, CFDA has a lot of reform, right? So people try to understand what reform. There's less clarity in there. Even CFDA has uh, no clarity internally, right? <laughs> so it's evolving. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the trend is positive. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you mentioned the CFDA. Can you just quickly explain to our audience what CFDA stands for? Even for the CFDA, they change the name. We just uh, try to make the people easy to understand. They equivalent to US FDA. Mm-hmm. So they basically approve the medicine and medical device. You have to get the CFDA approval before you really can deploy or distribution in China. Mm-hmm. So that's the the gatekeeper. Uh, the so. gatekeeper, the Chinese version of FDA, FDA. Mm-hmm. yeah, in the US. Mm-hmm. So they are the key people on um, policies as well as uh, on regulatory issues. side. Okay, so now I think uh, we are ready to <laughs> jump into this <laughs> key steps, and uh, we are zooming into the medicine and the medical equipment mm-hmm. uh, sector or the, this type of products because you have a lot of experience there. On the other side, uh, not just through the helping the American companies, uh, you know, successfully. You have those uh, cases you worked mm-hmm. on. You also study a lot about the Chinese uh, regulations, policies, and follow the trends, follow the changes there. So there's a lot of insights you have learned from that side. Yes. You know, we're thinking there's a lot of players. If you're successful, you need to involve, right? One is the regulatory side. Another is a healthcare, we call it the KOL, means key opinion leader, mm-hmm. the top doctors. You need to have decision-making the hospital administrator because they control the money, they make decision. And also you need to consider other factors is uh, your business partners, right? You are not going to be alone in China. You're going to have a lot of integration, vertical integration. You're going to meet a lot of competitors. So you need a business partners. And at the same time, you need the funding to grow. And, uh, you know, China PEVC is very focused on the AI, healthcare, and uh, you know, green energy side. So you need to put all these factors together to create a synergy. 
So you're going to be very successful in China.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so for a foreign company in the healthcare industry, if they are interested in China, what is the first step they should、uh, take a look before they really become very seriously spending money and、uh, jump into it? Yeah, that's really、uh, China market, the healthcare market, really exciting because they have a lot of disease, a lot of population. There's a lot of great market for a lot of biotech and medical device company for the Western. You know, innovating companies. I met a lot of like、uh, U.S. biotech companies. They are very excited about the market. But、uh, for me, it's that's a very fundamental criteria before you go, you jump、mm-hmm. into the market. So number one, you have to have FDA approved medicine, right? And、uh, you have for the medical device, you have to have FDA five ten K approval or PMA、mm-hmm. approval. Mm-hmm. Or if you are a medical service company, you have kind of certain form of FDA certification, right?、Mm-hmm. For this kind of innovative new medicine, new medical device, China look at FDA as a benchmark.、Mm-hmm. Now, if you have FDA approval, that's basically paved the ground for you to get a CFDA approval. But you still need a lot of work. But that is a fundamental condition.、Mm, so you, the first thing is look at what you have done in the U.S. Do you have your FDA approval or equivalent authorities, American、yes. authorities. certification or something? <laughs> So you know, CFDA didn't say you don't have FDA approval. We won't approve, but that's going to be, you know, nearly impossible because they need a benchmark. So、mm-hmm. they normally use a FDA as a benchmark.、Mm, that's the first step. Correct. The first thing that、uh, before you get into China, look at yourself. Yes.、Um, Mm-hmm. See if you if you can at least get those established in the U.S. Yeah, that's determining.、Mm-hmm. We see that all the cases. If you don't have FDA certification approval, it's nearly impossible in China.、Mm-hmm. Okay, if I have that, then what else should I do before I really spend money? Yeah, or, or do a lot of. <laughs> it, it depends on if you are Johnson level or Novartis, big pharmaceutical or medical device, or if you small single product, single services company. But、uh, doesn't matter you big or small. You need to do a self evaluation, do a really quick marketing research because that's going to be you know how big your market size is going to be, right?、Mm-hmm. What your competitors in there and、uh, what's the sector potential? You know, five years, ten years or continuous. Like another evaluation, I think last time we already talked about is、uh, do you have you know commitment from high level management? Yeah, the internal、uh, side. Yeah. yeah, do you have long term plan and、uh, you know. Do you have the budget ready?、Mm-hmm. What's your cost structure of the equipment? And another most important, I think, for a lot of small companies, you know, if you are successful in China, the growth is going to be really quick. The difficult part is that do you have the scalability,、mm. the production plan ready for that kind of a you know ramp up? So that is a gap because Chinese they bombard the doctors, hospital bombard, but a lot of innovation competitors product. So if you have big gap in there, you know, you lose the market momentum. Mm-hmm. So that's a, another thing. Another other factors you need to evaluate how you need to clear what kind of regulatory you know process there. How long the timeline, right? What、mm-hmm. kind of a process? So you need to prepare the budgeting for that one. Maybe three years, five years, even for the regulatory process.、Mm-hmm. What's the country's policy, right? Is that favorable for your industry, for your medicine or medical device? That really for the Asia, it's not about the China thing, like Singapore, South Korea, and Japan. That's just the Asia thing. The government set the direction, industry direction. They put a lot of resources in there. You no, know, you want to jump in that current. You no, know, positively help you create a synergy.
So many Asian countries, the government are playing a really big role, and they're the one leading as well as they kind of putting. They have a lot of resource、yes. into it,、mm-hmm. not just let the market play as it is. Yeah, because、uh, even China、mm-hmm. PEVC in Asia, they they look at the government policies, right?、Mm-hmm. They want to put money where the money go, where the policy go. So that's the reason you want to follow that flow. But fortunately, healthcare is a big initiative in China、mm. in the next twenty, thirty years. So, yeah, you know, you need to also think about that, how you prepare for that kind of application platform. We're going to talk a lot on the third interview because we want to talk about who is the players, how you play, what's the strategy, where's the, your funding come from, right? What's the motivation? But I just touched the factors you need to think about. It. You know, if you do the Wolfie, what's the, you need to prepare the local operation team, right? Okay, can you explain Wolfie you just mentioned? <laughs> Yeah, Wolfie is a, yeah. what does stand for, right? Yeah, Wolfie in Chinese we call 独资 but in in English it's a wholly owned foreign entity. You know,、mm-hmm. basically you own hundred percent of your subsidiary in China, and、uh, also you need to begin to talk with the PEVC, let them know you, so you have funding issue, and you need to think about the business partnership, right? You are not alone. You're going to be integrate them together. We talk this next time. We just.、Uh, Want to quick touch a lot of factors. You need to do the self evaluation.、Mm-hmm. You need to talk about it with the local factors.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward next time so we can dig into all these details on the market research side. Who are the people you want to work with?、Mm-hmm. And really select the right partners. Yeah. So based on what you just mentioned, I think it's basically three parts, right? It's one is when you do the market evaluation and the research,、mm-hmm. you are looking at the external environment.、Mm-hmm. China, obviously, the largest market, yes. maybe maybe、uh, the largest, yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least,、uh, well, let's let's put it this way: China is a really really large market.、Mm-hmm. So the external factors you need to evaluate, and then you mentioned the internal standpoint, including how to scale、mm-hmm. your、yeah. production in the future, right? Then you talked about all these third party, including the government policies,、mm-hmm. as well as all these partners funding different aspects that、yeah. you need to do an evaluation and research up in the front、mm-hmm. before you really jump into the very details.、Mm-hmm. That's really great. I really like the structured way. <laughs> That you look into these different aspects. I think it's time to take a quick break, and、yeah. after that, then we come back and we want to look at you know some strategies or to enter into China、mm-hmm. and based on the cases, real world case, cases、yeah. <laughs> that you yeah you have learned or you have interacted with. Yeah. Are you interested in expanding your business to China, but don't know how to start? Are you wondering how to grow your sales in the China market and win over competition? Meet Michelle Zhou and her team at Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. Our consultants are U.S.-China experts and have all lived and worked in both the U.S. and China, with many years' experience in market entry strategies, management, and execution. We can help you find the right partners, develop opportunities, and grow your business in China. Please visit ptcgconsulting.com today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting dot com. Now back to this week's program. 
Welcome back. Before we took the break, we looked at,、uh, you know, in order to enter into China for the healthcare industries, what are the key things you need to consider before you go? So we talked about、uh, the FDA approval or some equivalent certification stuff, right? And then we talked about the market evaluation and research. So now I get all these things done. Then what's next? What kind of strategies should I consider to really enter into the China market? Yeah. So now you say, hey, I'm FDA approved. I'm FDA certified, right? So I do the self evaluation. I do the research. I'm ready. I'm ready to go.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, what kind of a you know entrance strategy I should do? Should I? There's only like three in my mind. There's a, maybe you have more, but fundamentally you have basically three kind of formats. One is called licensing, right? You、mm-hmm. find that your agent or you no know, China partners, you license them. Next step, you want a more adventure. You said, "Hey, you know, I want to join the venture. I want it to be have one leg into the market to know."、Mm-hmm. And the third one is more, you know, I want to do the wall fee. Like we said, it's a wholly owned. I hundred percent have my subsidiary. I want to put money, time, team in there. It's more complex, but I take everything, right?、Mm-hmm. Well,、so. I think the involvement of this foreign company to China is also at a very different level、yeah. based on、mm-hmm. your three models, right?、Mm-hmm. Licensing is, looks like.、Um, You know, I hand over everything to other people.、Mm-hmm. Then you know, you go and do it. <laughs> the joint venture looks like、uh, well, we are partners. We are together on the same boat.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one you said, Wolfy, the、yeah. wholly owned foreign entity. That's the、uh, what it stands for. It looks like、uh, I am alone. I'm, I'm doing all this <laughs>、yeah. by myself.、Yeah. Oh, you take I, I want to take everything, right? So that kind of all the benefits. So we can target each one a little bit,、uh-huh. like each one. Yeah. What kind of a size company you fit? Yeah. And I'm really, really interested in what kind of companies you have engaged in, right? Real stories, real cases,、yeah. especially you know, getting into China. No matter it's successfully or yeah, it's fair. You know, I, I really know the well. It's about Puma, about technology. So, for example, they are really fitting the first case we talk about the licensing. Right. Uh, what's the name you just said? It's called Puma Belt Technology. Okay. And、uh, you know they are really fitting the first one we call licensing.、Mm-hmm. So I think licensing is really fit for the company have single product.、Mm-hmm. You have less financial. You don't want to have a big financial risk go to China. You want to just have three or five years to get a feel about China.、Mm-hmm. Or you want to say I just not know the market. I don't want to get the you know regulatory planning process. Uh, I want to find the best partner, right? I want a minimum risk, right?、Mm. At the same time, I want to enjoy some, you know, assurance upfront payments, or the royalty milestone payments there. So I think for the small firm, or some firm want to just get a feel, you know,、mm-hmm. if that market is right for me. And、uh, you know, Da Vinci Intuitive Surgical, Da Vinci Robotic, doing the same way in early years. So you know, this is a, I think, a positive side. You just don't have the risk. Nearly you don't have risk. And you get upfront payment. Oh, you know, less payment, but you get unlimited, no ceiling of the joint benefits, share of the profits.、Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variation in there, but the key for this is a low risk, right? So, for example, how the Puma technology structures this one? They said I want the upfront fees, so they form a relationship, license to a Chinese company called Cambridge, right?、Uh-huh. They pay them thirty million upfront. For what payment、30? for the licensing? So what they they going to three zero million? So they going to help them go through the regulatory. Okay, 
It's not just uh, you can take my products. Uh, the 30 million US dollars, including what we talked about earlier, right? Uh, in order to get into China, you need to get uh, this approval from yes, the yes. Chinese government side. So yeah. Chinese companies say, I want that technology. I know there's market. We have experience. We know how to dispute, right? At the same time, you are the FDA approved. And we are confident that we can use that data because no, that is a really key point. Before like, even you FDA approved the medicine, you have to do the clinical trial in China. So because CITV has the reform last year, they said that if you are FDA approved medicine in US, mm-hmm. we can accept the data. The only thing maybe we need to test a little bit of Chinese race related little tests, but that really accelerated the, the new drug, FDA approved drug enter the China especially for the critical disease, like cancer side. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, in the push them have this kind of licensing deal. That's Chinese firm Cambridge has confidence they can take the you know, Puma Biotech's data and get the FDA approved. So they pay the $30 million upfront. And the Puma basically get assurance, right? No, I just didn't hand out the technology without any guarantee. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they want to enjoy upside so they have certain milestone payment from the Chinese firm. So if they pass the China safety registry, they get one payment. And if they begin in sales, they can get a 40 million, no, the up to 40 million payment to certain kind of milestone if they reach certain kind of sales goal. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the kind of structure, but this one have the limited, you know, the, the upside, right? The up 40 million. Yeah, this licensing model is very popular and has been used for many years in the software industry. That's yes. where I grew up, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's less complicated because there's no CFDA type of yes, <laughs> government you're... agency yeah, keeping that gate yeah. so strictly. Or the process is not that long. So exactly. It's a lot easier, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you also can structure a different way. I think you from the software, right? Mm-hmm. You can have less upfront payment but you want to enjoy more upside. Yeah, we do the revenue share, right? So there's a, the more you sell, then or the agent sell, then the owner of the product or of the IP that can share the revenue. Yeah, profit. I think the strategy, how you structure this kind of deal is very different. Depends on what kind of goal you want to achieve, right? Are you a big company? Are you a small company? What's motivation for you? I think for the Puma, they're small, they're single product. Mm-hmm. They have limited financial they want to totally de-risk. Mm. So they want to hand out all the work to their China partners. So one thing you, for this kind of deal, the negative side is you have really careful select your agent, right, mm. on the, your China proxy, because they have to be really capable. Now, even you get a 30 million upfront, if they are failed, they are not capable, you lose the market potential, or you ruin your reputation, brand reputation. Yeah, because you just put everything in this one Exactly, all the yeah, trust, or, right? Or all the, the ask, you know, one partners. Yeah. And uh, another thing, they have to follow your promise, right? Because sometimes they have so much portfolio. You are not the only one in their product portfolio. You need to find an agent that is very committed. Exactly. To take your product to the market. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. So, so this is a one of the case. You know, if you are small, if you just want to. No, less risk doing that one. I have a question about this one. Mm-hmm. So the licensing model, then what about the IP? Am I, you mentioned the Puma technology. So their IP, would they still keep it? And uh, is there any risk that their IP would be uh, <laughs> stolen or something like that? 
Well, no, I think it's really hard because for the medicine biotech RP, is a, you, you keep the IP. Uh-huh. You only give them the, the sales rights. Right. right. So, you know, there's always a risk of the, you know, lose IP. But it's very hard for you, you know, biotech because the structure, you know, this takes a lot of time out, tech skill. It's a really high barrier for people okay. to mimic that one. That's a good question. You still need to diligently, you know, auditing or supervise what's your partner doing there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. mm. so you think uh, there is some risk, but it's not yeah, high it's, risk the, because of the natural high entrance barrier, uh, barrier yeah. of, I think of the product complexity. Itself. Mm-hmm. of the you know, biotech side. So that's the first model you just mentioned, the licensing mm-hmm. model. And then what's the second model joint venture looks like? Let's give an example, right? Intuitive Surgical is the founder, you know, the maker of the Da Vinci Surgical Robotic. So they began with, uh, you know, licensing with the agent in China. Then mm-hmm. they feel they don't have a lot of control of the agent, right? Yeah. They feel less motivation for the agent later year because they focus on, on the hospital side. So they said, you know, I want to have a joint venture, have more control, and uh, maybe take more upside. So they form a joint venture with the Fosun, you know, the founding companies. Have think about it, made in China, serve the globe, or serve the China strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So the American company formed a joint venture with a Chinese company. Yeah, so there's a lot of reason maybe behind it. One is, uh, you know, more control more cash flow, and more access to the market, right? Because if you import from overseas, you know, for the, especially for Da Vinci, they have a quota system. So the Chinese government have a quota system on how many mm-hmm. equipments or the, the kind of products can be imported to China. For the high end, uh-huh. for high end, very every expensive, year. every uh-huh. year. So especially for Da Vinci, Da Vinci, you know, since beginning, they applied 2011 to now, they maybe have 76 to 78 machines in China. That's all? Yeah, they <laughs> have, many years they have about a, like, more than 4,000 in the U.S. Uh-huh. Right? So they, you know, this quarter, they gave the quarter, you can have 12, 3 machines, maybe next quarter, they don't give you quarter. But if you're made in China, you know, you basically circumvent that kind of restriction. I see. Yeah. So another joint venture strategy uh, it's more how you create more value for the equity owners, for your mm-hmm. stockholders. Give you an example, you know, that is, it. for example, Young Brand, right? Young Brand uh, is owner of the KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. That's the YUM. Yeah, so the ticker is YUM. But the last year, they do the same reform. They, they create another branch only focused on China market. So they have a same stock called YMC. So they have both like a stock on the New York stock market. So they expanded the value. There's this one of the motivation I'm thinking about the Da Vinci. Not necessarily doing that one, but uh, they formed the Wisposa and they maybe just listing say this is the China focused stock, right? Mm-hmm. They create another extra value for their stockholders. Yeah, it's a separate company, joint venture, but uh, then with that company, then they can go listing in Hong Kong or, yeah. or, or do listing in the US market. So I think for the joint venture, you have lot of motivation there, mm. but you also take more risk, right? Because you go to market and you need to put the financial in there with your partners. You need to resolve the, the control, right? You know, yes. you have experience in right. the joint venture company. Before. So, yeah, I worked in a joint venture company mm. before I came to the U.S. in 1998. Mm. I worked in, at that time, it's a Hewlett Packard to have a joint venture with a 
a Chinese company. Mm. Well, for the most part, that one was very successful. But uh, uh, as a person working inside, I also see the two sides. I think uh, a lot of uh, cultural reflection. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, there. And uh, many things are very sensitive. Yeah. Um, mm. The other thing is our last uh, episode, I interviewed uh, a consultant uh, really helping multinational companies mm-hmm. uh, on their operational management. And he worked in a company, uh, was a German and a China joint venture company. Then after some time, it's just uh, the two sides uh, had different motivations. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't work well. Then the German company bought back uh, the entire shares and then the company become very healthy. So there are times that we need to watch carefully about this and uh, communication is very important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different thinking style, communication, really people work. Yeah. That, that's a pretty common. I think there's a lot of conflicts you need to careful to manage. Like a, you know, you need a financial accountability for both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Transparency. You have the you know, management style difference. You know, how you unify that one or compromise on that one, but it don't affect your quality of the work, right? Another is a is culture difference. And uh, sometimes joint venture in China is a transition. You know, your transition most likely is a transition from a certain time period, that's a function, mm-hmm. serve the function. But uh, most of the cases, uh, they evolve into the wolfie later on. Mm. Because most of the time, the two partners have different motivation. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you select a partner that they can really help you to uh, enter the market and they have the distribution channel mm-hmm. or the sales force, right? And they know the market very well. Then that's a one plus one, you know, more than two, <laughs> right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But if you select a partner that their motivation is very short term or it's not really aligned with your motivation, then that might be a pitfall. It's a detriment to you, you know, in China reputation or growth. You, you want to know that people have money. There's a lot of people have money or found have money. You want a value-added partner, mm-hmm. right? Like you just mentioned, the distribution experience, all the things. So after the joint venture, I think we just talked about, right? A lot of companies say, hey, you know, after a certain period, we really don't have different goals, motivations. So a lot of foreign companies, because through the joint venture, it's also the good time you're learning about the market. Learning yeah. the how the management, learning the, the team workforce, right? Mm-hmm. All the regulatory issue, know about the association. It's pretty natural you can evolve into a wolfie. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you know, I'm mature enough. I want to maximize my value, you know, maximize cash flow and uh, maximize my control. Right. Yeah. So the third one we call it a wolfie in the China, wholly owned foreign entities. Mm. You know, there's a lot of company in China do the wholly owned. You have Johnson Johnson, Big Farm, they all do their GE. There's so many examples. Right, those are the- big companies. They have the resource and mm-hmm. they can hire all these experts, local experts to mm-hmm. do those kind of work. Yeah for them. Uh, I think uh, the top of 500 uh, companies Most of they, they go into be. China, they may go just as if they're wholly owned. But uh, if you roll back many years ago in the late 80s or mm-hmm. early 90s, right, many of those companies, they entered into China as joint venture, as, Correct. Yeah. also as a starting point. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, the China side, uh, you know, the policy, the environment is changing become more and more connected to the world practice. So more and more companies, if they have the resource, they can go as a wholly owned foreign entity. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the healthcare, they are very unique sectors because for the medicine, it takes much longer time. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of cash intensive, capital intensive investment. 
So Wolfie definitely take a lot of financial, you need a financial strength to do that one. But at the same time, it fits smaller company too, right? If you are Johnson Johnson or if you're like Hutchinson, you can spend a lot of money. You can spend the time 10 years to research a product, right? Medicine to test that one. For the small company, I think you be careful you do the Wolfie. This involves a lot of cost, operation cost, because not only the money you need to put in, you really, really need to find the experienced, loyal, talented local team, core mm-hmm. team, right? That is the most hardest thing. These days, uh, money is not really that tough. The tough is that you're fighting for the talents in China and the loyal talents because they have so much opportunities they can jump the team. Mm. And uh, for the small firm, you, before you go, I think you at least have one product. It's a close out near the market launch. Right. So I'll give you one example. It's U.S. start called the CASI ticker. We call it the CASI Pharmaceuticals. It was formed in the Maryland. You know. Then they have 100% owned subsidiary in Beijing, focus on one medicine, their medicine. They are waiting for the CFDA, FDA approval. So another, at the same time, you don't want to idle. Right? They develop the education. They talk with CFDA. They build a very good pre-launch distribution network. You know, approval is uncertainty. You never know because this FDA said the CFDA can have a lot of questions. Right? Did they already get FDA? No, they, they haven't got FDA. Oh, they haven't. So, so they, they have were to wait in the for process the, yeah. waiting for the FDA in the approval. U.S. approval. Yes. But they started their education work with the China they, side. So they have a China RD center to the parallel work, right? Oh. So do the same thing. But they, I think they cannot idle there, right? They, even they have a lot of good quality investment runs, but they still want to create the, the value for the shareholder. Mm-hmm. So what they do is that when they're waiting for the approval, they come back to the U.S., about 25 FDA approved the small medicines from Novartis generic division. So what they can do, they can, when they're waiting for the approval, they can leverage their existing distribution network to sell the, the medicine, not only create a profit, I think it's help them educate themselves how hard that kind of distribution, <laughs> the learning curve, they right? learn, yeah, they to learn. prepare for their own product mm-hmm. later on. Oh, so, so they are very smart. They purchased the existing approved medicine mm-hmm. to bring those into China, but in the meantime, they're still doing R&D on their own or waiting for the process. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that is also wow. blessed by the CFDA reform last year. That's an example, like you approved in US FDA, mm-hmm. you can accelerate approved in China, right? Because you already have data. So that's their strategy, two legs. One is that I'm waiting for my own product approval. Same time, I have some revenue going, right? This mm-hmm. can increase you, you know, stock value, market value, capital value. So that's a, another small firm. So for the medical device company, the same way, you know, I always say, you know, you approve the in US. Don't don't too eager to do the partnership and find one partner, right? So what you do, you form a really small capable Wolfie in mm-hmm. China, right? Then get a China CFDA approval quickly. Then you can have multiple revenue stream of no value stream. So you can form the service joint venture, you can form the you know, distribution joint venture, you can form research joint venture. So there's a lot of big firm doing that one. So basically you can release a lot of value from the multiple entities in China. Mm. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm. And it's very flexible what you just said. All right, it's time to take another quick break. We will be back soon. China is now the second largest economy in the world. There are hundreds of opportunities for worldwide business professionals to start looking in China. 
from business leaders to manufacturers to artists and students. You need to discover these opportunities to grow your business and your career. Listen every week for In China with Michelle Zhou, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For business sake, you need to tune in. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, we're back now. So we don't. We first talked about the steps, right? The key steps that I learned is well. First, you look at what are the key conditions. Mm-hmm. Are you qualified? Yeah. Uh, which means in the U.S., do you get your FDA and the other type of uh, necessary certification? Correct. Because mm-hmm. the China side will benchmark with that. Yeah. And then you also mentioned well, if you have that, then you need to really think about your market evaluation mm-hmm. and do your research, do your homework to look at. As outside as well as inside and the third parties. And then after that, then you need to decide what kind of strategies uh, mm-hmm. in order to enter into China. You talk about the three different models. Now, assume, okay, I'm a company uh, in the U.S. I have all these things done. And I decided, for example, I'm going to take one of those models. Mm-hmm. Then I decided, uh, you know, registered in China, formed a company there. Mm-hmm. So what's next that is so critical for me to be successful in China? Yeah, I think that everybody's goal is to make the sales in China, right? To mm-hmm. earn the revenues. For example, we use a Wolfie. If we have team company in there, the next step is basically you need to get the tickets to play, right? We call it the, the tickets. Um, you have to be eligible to play in the playground. It's FDA, CFDA approval. Uh, the you China know, you need to send the application, do the clinical trial, prepare the sales network in there. You know, for that one, so that is fundamental. Number one, you have to get a CFDA. But before that one, you need a... There's a lot of risk when you do the CFDA application. A lot of agents can do the paperwork for you, mm-hmm. right? They send the paperwork, but in the middle, CFDA come up and say, hey, that's a problem in there. You stop there, you fix the problem for 12, 3 months. And you come back to keep going, then you have another issue CFDA, then you, you stop another 4 or 5 months. So it's going to prolong your application. So we always say before you do that one, do some we call the pre-safety work, right? Mm. What that means is that if you are a medical device company, you not only work with a, you know paperwork application agent, you need to find a really elite, very experienced engineer team who knows the safety process, because they can help you go through your machine or medical device and uh, provide all the tricky risks, right? Mm. So you can fix them all before you really send the paperwork. Then you don't have any glitch. Basically, you maybe spend two months or three months go through that list can save you a year or two years oh. along the way. So the, uh, finding a right uh, partner to help you first uh, solve those problems before you really start in the paperwork yes. with CFDA, that's Correct. really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like a, you know, medicine, you need a clinical trial, CRO, you know, contract research organization. But for the medical device, sometimes you need to work with certain kind of like Beijing, Shanghai. You find the one or two top you know, hospitals, really the KOL with the KOL and leader doctors to use your machine, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, what they're, they're influencer, 
because they, they can give you a lot of, uh, you know, positive opinion mm. or positive influence along the medical association. It's basically help the CFD know about your product, heard the positive words, really facilitate future application. Mm. So that is the two things I think in a lot of work you need to do the pre-CFDA preparation. So the preparation, pre-CFDA preparation, you mentioned, I learned, on one side, if you have medical equipment or the devices, mm. you need to make sure have the right engineering uh, partner yes. to yes. to figure out, uh, you know, what are the parts, what are the modification or changes need to make before mm. you fire the paperwork. Correct. The reason, Michelle, I mentioned this one is that it's very different for the, you know, China CFDA for the medical device because in the U.S. you only have, you know, 510K approval or PMA approval, right? A lot of medical device companies go through the 510K. Mm-hmm. And in China, if you do the CFDA application, the number one issue is a national test to test your machine. So basically, that is very strict. The strictness is between the F10K and PMA. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies go to China, use a 510K, actually, they have a lot of shortcomings. Oh, so there. maybe it will helpful to explain a little bit about the, the 510K. So, yeah, 510K is a lot of medical device. It's a history. It's a... No, basically it's a help company develop one medical device if you have keep modification update, right? So they try to reduce the hassle, say, hey, if the second version is equivalent to the first one functionally, you get a 510K. PMA is a more complicated process. It's more like the medicine do the clinical trial, very mm-hmm. strict. So a lot of companies use the 510 and say, I'm equivalent to that already in the market equipment, so you pass. But in China, to guarantee, prevent the fake, the, you know, a lot of things, they, they want more stricter. Mm. You know, they more close to the PMA, the test. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies fail down that part, then go back to fixed problem. I would rather they do the preclinical, you know, engineer evaluation, so can get things fixed before they do the application. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a very big difference between the U.S. and China. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the other thing you mentioned that, that uh, it's very important uh, for the products or for some type of products to get the yes. KOL, the key opinion leaders endorsement. Yes, that's a you know China is a more respect for the top like uh, academic figures, right? So you need to have not inf- and also the CFDA or you know healthcare agency or leadership really respect the the academic, the top guys. So if their opinion really can sway the directions, you know, mm-hmm. the opinions that help you. Mm. So if I did all these things, then it sounds like then I can file the paperwork to <laughs> get the CFDA involved. Yeah, CFDA application is pretty standard. You know, mm-hmm. there's no lot of tricks in there on the paperwork side. The process is really clear. You need an agent to help you. You definitely need an agent. And the clinical trial, you definitely need a contract clinical trial, you know, team to help you. So for the clinical trial, it's very important that you select a very experienced clinical trial contract team because you cannot cover all the, you know, the size. And also they have experience. They have been contracted by a lot of pharmaceutical companies, a lot of medical device companies, so they know which side is a fit your machine, mm-hmm. so fit which symptom you want to target. So normally we go to that kind of contract team and work with them to select two or three sites. Two or three sites. Yeah. And that's the basic requirement. Right. The next step, the key step, is that China is different healthcare system. We are like beating the one that purchase. We have a procurement cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, based on what kind of machine we have, A category, B category. So for the A category, you have the machine 
price is 30 million RMB, around 4 million dollars they require. Each test, each therapy test cost around 10 grand RMB. Mm-hmm. So we call that machine the A category. Mm-hmm. You know, complex, expensive, and if you made a mistake, it's going to cost uh, you know life with error. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> a, a life. Mm-hmm. So for that kind of machine, it's com- procurement process controlled by the governments, the, the nationwide, you know, state level. So the government, the nation, mm-hmm. they are deciding if they want to purchase the machine. Yeah. So every three years, every five years, they have cycle. If you miss that cycle, you have to wait three years out, five years, right? What they do, they're going to ask like a union hospital, like top three, say, do you need that machine? Send the application. So everybody send and say, I want that one, I want that one. State maybe decided, hey, you are not qualified, right? We don't want to spend that money. You not qualified. so they're going to say, this is a trial machine. We're going to purchase. So they're going to everybody bidding for that machine, like protein, you know, therapy machine, or accelerator kind of a you know machine. So that is a cycle. Medicine same way, you know the different problems have three or five years cycle. So you need to know what's the procurement cycle for that one. Then we go to call the B category. B category are around 5 million RMB to under 30 million RMB. That mm-hmm. range. It's pretty big range. That can be done by the provincial level, mm. beating out below level. So still the, the government is still they have totally a, involved. Yeah, still they have the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Still they have three or five years cycle. No more like X-ray machine, other uh, robotic is in the B category too. Mm-hmm. So that is level similar to the state level, but it's more like a more regional or state level. So then if you are under the 5 million RMB, you're free to go. Oh, yeah, we all talk about the public hospital because uh-huh. China public hospital is dominant, right? So for the private hospital, there's no this kind of requirement, but they have less influence, a very small number. Uh-huh. No, in China. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the lower cost machines, the hospital can make their own decision. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a tool very critical. After all the things you have done, you need to get the ticket to play, safety approval, then go to the playground, know the bidding procurement process, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, I think uh, I learned uh, quite a lot today from you on this uh, healthcare industry in China and how to enter into the China market. By the way, the other thing I think is um, the current uh, U.S.-China relationship uh, is really tight, very sensitive these days. And, you know, high tech as well as uh, some of the sectors are very sensitive mm-hmm. from the U.S. side uh, in terms of uh, exporting or investing into China market. What's your opinions about uh, the current uh, opportunities for American companies enter into China, into the healthcare market? So that's a really good question. Uh, you are not the only person asked me. A lot of people ask me about these questions these days. I think trade war and the relationship of two countries definitely affect the certain sectors, like the AI or certain kind of technology sector. But in the healthcare, we not only think, we see very minimum impact because uh, you know, we still have a lot of disease, urgent need to new medicine, new medical, advanced medical devices. So from my talk with the China CFDA healthcare agency, our doctors, they are very embraced of the new technology go mm-hmm. there, right? That's an urgent needs. And I think healthcare is the least political effect and the most needed market. So we still have a lot of potential. Actually, I look at the negative side more on the positive view. I'm thinking this is the best time. If you want to go to China, you have unique product, right? 
really can resolve a lot of health issues in China, it's time to go. You need not take the risk. For me, it's more you can learn about the market, talk with the FDA, and talk with the you know, China Medical Association key opinions. You can do a lot of advocacy seminars, right, to introduce your product. Basically, at the most difficult time, you can build the goodwill, you can mm-hmm. build the trust, lay out the preparation you know, for you entering China. So when the condition changes, sooner or later the condition is going to change, right? You are in the leading position, right? Mm-hmm. So at the same time, at the most difficult time you come to China, you're going to get a lot of political or professional support mm-hmm. in the long run because they appreciate your effort to go there to do the work. For them, so mm-hmm. and there's less competitors at this time. Yes, yes. We learn from the you know if you look at the Nasdaq or you know Hong Kong, the most unicorn Chinese technology firm is from the 2009 to 2010, like Meituan or you know a lot of firm, because at that time you, the funding opportunity looking for the best quality, firm. You have less competitor. You have more talents, right? So. I all look at the surrounding. It's a perfect time for people to get to know about the China. Uh, talk with the resident, like a regulatory agency. Talk with the professionals. Prepare for your next wave of the innovation and mm-hmm. market growth. Mm. So companies, if you are thinking about the China market, uh, I think uh, just according to Weidong you just mentioned, it is a time to pave the road yes. and mm. uh, really you know, get yourself prepared to embrace this huge opportunity. Yeah, I think it's a time to investment in goodwill or learning session. You need not put the wolfie there, right, to the, put the capital investments there can wait for you to learn more about the market, build the relationship, build the business case. Uh, but it's a perfect time to do the, you know... The preparation. Preparation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't thanks so much for your sharing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, insights, uh, knowledge, as well as experience uh, behind uh, the key points you shared with us today. Today, we talked about the key steps for healthcare companies enter the China market. I hope it is very practical and uh, helpful to our audience who are in this sector and uh, looking into the Chinese opportunities. Uh, I think in our future sessions, uh, I would like to invite you back and to give us more tips on how to select the partners, how to really identify the key players in the China market, and uh, how you can find the money to support the <laughs> <Yeah>. business. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being here with us. If you want to find more about uh, Weidong and uh, their consulting service, you can look at uh, the company website, uh, howray.com. It's H-A-O-R-A-Y.com. And you can also go to LinkedIn to follow Weidong Chen. His name is uh, W-E-I-D-O-N, last name C-H-E-N. And if you are interested in knowing more about the service, you can email Weidong at uh, weidong.chen at hori.com. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for tuning into In China with Michelle Zhou. Please join us for another edition next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again next week. 